0: Thank you. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andrew Gamardella, and always joined is my best friend, my co-host, Matthew Beale. always goes by Beale because that just sounds so much cooler. And we're going to start today's show with uh, Today in Sports. You got, you got anything? I mean, what happened this past week, Beal?
1: Uh, today in Sports by Matthew Beale. now presenting... <laughs> <laughs> the greatest dh of all time has just been placed onto the hall of fame ballot do you know who that is danger
0: if you're talking about Giancarlo stanton then he's still active so i don't know how he could be placed on a hall of fame ba- ballot
1: yeah that's not that's not possible well well actually We'll get back to that. It is possible um, if the player were to retire for five years and then re enter the league, but it's David Ortiz.
0: Oh, big.
1: Copy.
0: Yeah, I could have said that, but I didn't want to give you the, you know, well, really, it is the truth that he is the best. But to be honest, I. I don't want those words to come out of my mouth, so I held off for a good like 30 seconds. He is the best DH of all time, so I'll give you that. And yeah, he number should...
1: 34, uh, he's going to be a first bout Hall of Famer this year. I don't think anybody doubts that. So, um, yeah, speaking into existence, just gave th- me a little bit of joy today.
0: Do you think he'll be you unanimous, week? though?
1: No, I don't know. Unanimous. Okay. No, not even close. I think there's okay. going to be some assholes out there who bring up the 2004.
0: Report. Whoa, whoa. Coming at the baseball writers right now. <laughs> I, I also don't get them. It's so weird. They make the MLB like I like how they make the Hall of Fame very um small and very, you know, it's it's. It's definitely an upper echelon thing. Like a lot of other sports make it like, if you're a great, you're a good player, you get in, you got to be really, really incredible to get into the baseball hall of fame.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Baseball hall of fame. I mean, it's just, it's a different animal. You don't know. I mean, we, we know where the other hall of fames are located, but like, but if you're thinking about Hall of Fame locations and you bring up the word Cooperstown, that has a meaning in and of itself. And um, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of like that upper echelon, that, uh, that other tier VIP lounge type area. Like, like when you are talking Cooperstown, it just carries more weight than some of the other Hall of Fames.
0: I totally agree with you. Um, in other, other news, I do have to add our Giants. The tank is on, baby. Oh, yeah. We played that perfectly last night on Monday night. And did you see uh, yeah. that Dan- Daniel Jones interception? No. The first one. Okay. This man, let me describe this to you. Snap snap comes to Daniel Jones, All right, Play action, yeah. trying to set up a screen. Screen's not there. So what does he decide to do? He's got... Shaquille Barrett or JPP is one of the ends one of the Tampa Bay defensive ends was just getting like in his face so he decides oh look there's Evan Ingram running across the other side of the field he throws it but he thinks that our left guard is Evan Ingram for some reason so he throws it at our left guard with his back to him and there's a defensive lineman that the left guard put the defensive lineman on his ass and the the lineman just laying there and the ball falls right into his lap. It was the funniest modern day New York giants play I've ever, I've ever seen. And it led, it led to Jason Garrett getting fired, which is great news. I told you from the start, it was a terrible hire. You agreed with me, ex-Cowboys head coach. And we're going to hire him as the offensive coordinator. Now, if it was Jimmy Johnson, hell yeah, sign me up for that like 20 years ago, but Jason Garrett is, is a lost, he's a, he's a lost man. He's a lost coach. I, I, I don't, he only, I think he's only in the league because Jerry Jones thought he was like a lost son to him. So.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's there's, there's been ups and downs, mostly downs with Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. Um, when we had first talked about it, I know we were both like kind of against it. I, on one hand, was a little bit sold. Like before, before the season had started, before we saw him, uh, in the office, um, working and uh, calling plays and everything like that. I, I, I kind of sold myself on him because I'm like, okay, this dude was a head coach. He ran a high-powered offense for a couple of years, and there was a lot of good players on. Dallas team in those years that he was coached there but I mean it still takes something to to be a productive and effective offense and towards the end of his career he was not um Dak clearly carried him uh and and kind of made him look good for a few seasons uh but overall like his team suffered while he was a head coach there his last three years and um and so like that's the Jason Garrett that we got, but I kind of sold myself on an earlier Jason Garrett, a younger Jason Garrett. And I, I shouldn't have done that, but I kind of let myself down by doing that. And once the game started, it was just very clear. He wasn't the guy for the job.
0: Definitely not. And the rest of the NFL at this point, I I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but that was a, it was, there was a great primetime game Sunday night, Chargers Steelers. I don't <laughs> know if you watched that, but yeah. there, there was some good games, But the Packers losing to the Vikings, um, uh, more Shockers, more top teams, Titans losing to the Texans. I mean, the NFL is up for grabs this year. There's no team rising out of the crop. And this is the time of year it gets cold. And I think the toughest teams, obviously, the teams that can stop the run and run the ball, take care of the ball, are going to win. And the Pats, to me, look like the team most poised to do that. Yeah. The Pats
1: look really good.
0: <laughs> it, which is scary because people were talking about last year, Tom Brady wins without Belichick, right? And people are writing off Belichick like, ah, oh, he's not anything. Like, it was all Brady. This man can coach. That defense is incredible. Um, I, Yeah, I, I know that was probably the biggest understatement of the year but belichick can definitely coach and that team is scary especially if they get a home game or two in foxborough in the playoffs like good luck to anybody going in there
1: yeah i i don't think you could write off belichick based on last year i mean half of his defense um wasn't playing they were out for covid and uh yeah uh, you just <laughs> you can't you can't write him off for that you can't blame the guy who just doesn't have the personnel yeah. and uh and he didn't have time to find the personnel. He had a defense in place. Um, it just so happened that most of them uh, didn't want to take the risk of COVID, which is perfectly fine. And, uh, and yeah, he suffered because of that. But you can't write him off because he had a bad year, one year with, with second-string defensive players.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he, he also had, you know, a temporary quarterback in Cam Newton. And now Cam Newton looks good with the Panthers. He's not bad. Cam Newton is is still pretty good. Format I loved MVP. it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I loved. I it. I, I him turned
1: on the Panthers game and they were doing like a a person by person introduction. I loved it. I I don't know. I was I was embracing that. It felt like a basketball arena and people were going crazy when Cam was sitting there
0: in the smoke. Yeah. But you did bring up COVID um, with Pat's last year. I don't know if this is a good transition or not, but I'm gonna try it anyways. Let's talk about. Here we go. COVID equals kind of injuries this year, like COVID and injury list. You play fantasy. You can put your COVID guys in the IR slot. So I'm going to transition this to the NBA. Mm-hmm. A lot of injuries already with our favorite teams. But every, t- every time our favorite teams play, we got to talk about it. So this past week, this past Friday, the Bulls went into Denver and pulled out a big win. Now, oh, yeah.
1: a tough Denver team, you know. Aaron Gordon, yeah, de- Will
0: Barton. De- Denver definitely put up a fight with those two guys, but without Jokic and without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr., that's a lot of depth. But the Bulls were also without Patrick Williams. Um, and they're without Nikola Vucevic in that game. So not as much firepower that the Nuggets were without, but still a good win by the Bulls. And Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan look like the best tandem in the league right now. Is that fair to say?
1: Um I, I I don't full I don't fully disagree with that. They they look like one of the best tandems in the league.
0: Thank you for one of the most understated things in the world. Take a stance, one way or another. You
1: I did. would say that I still like booker and paul right now because they're putting up the wins
0: okay that's and the fair. bulls
1: but the-, the bulls aren't not putting up the wins but like if you look at the top like five teams in the nba right now you got the warriors and i would just call that as like a solo just onslaught by steph curry um and then and then you kind of like number two kind of falls into uh i mean obviously you've got uh, the Bucks to choose from the Suns. I, I I like the Suns at number two right now. I think they're the scariest team besides the Warriors. And uh, and the the two people doing it for them are just the same two people that have been doing it since early last season. And um, and nobody can seem to stop Chris Paul or Devin Booker. Oh. I mean, especially them together. If you talk about duo, I mean the back and forth between them is just incredible to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean the Suns are the second best team in the the. World right now and the Bulls are second Mm -hmm. best in the east and it feels like people were taking shots at the Nets but they're first in the east they're doing what they need to do don't forget about Durant and Harden I I, I I did forget about Durant and Harden (laughs) (laughs) I kind of did as well but it's they're older guys now above 30 but they're still incredible basketball players but the Suns man they've won 13 straight and I mean that's hard to do it's not That's hard for any team, but their chemistry shows it's year two with this team. The likes of Jay Crowder, Deandre Ayton, Mikael Bridges. They got a lot of good role players. And I don't know if you can call all three of those guys role players. I mean, they're bona fide. They're starters on any team in the league. So they're not role players. And then, then I mean, there's good depth to this team. You still got campaign on the bench. I mean, the Suns are a team. That you could definitely see yourself falling in love with.
1: Oh yeah, they're they're an easy team to root for. Um I uh my my brother obviously is a Suns fan and has kind of always gotten me onto their bandwagon. Like I I like rooting for the teams uh that people around me like to root for because it's just fun. So uh yeah, the Suns, the Suns have been a fun team to follow. I wouldn't say I've rooted for them because they have butted heads with the nuggets a few times. Um, but, uh, but regardless of that, when the Suns are playing other teams, they're a fun team to watch.
0: I, I agree with you there. Um, but to transition into something we know more about, and it's, we're not just touching on the surface, let's get to baseball. We love talking about baseball. Oh, and, wait, wait, wait. Oh, <laughs> yeah, come on.
1: We, shoot. We, we didn't really elaborate on the Bulls-Nuggets game. We kind of just said it happened.
0: Yeah, because I didn't want to rub salt like that's I said okay before. That's I don't okay. like to rub salt somewhere. into wounds. Oh okay. I, I Please. Please expand. Say your yeah. piece. Uh
1: yeah, so I mean uh I watched the Bulls Nuggets game. It was it was a little bit tough to watch, but the the one thing that I want to say about it was it, it kind of shows it definitely shows the Nuggets depth in uh, in this year of play, uh, given that our three best players are out. Uh, it was a chance to see Aaron Gordon and Will Barton for what they can do. And, uh, Aaron Gordon put up 28. I think Barton put up around 20. Barton's been absolutely money lately, uh, defensively, offensively, everything about it. He had a 30 point game, uh, last week when, when Jokic was out for his suspension. So it's just, it's been good to see those guys kind of, get going and and get in their groove um it's it's not good to see three players down early in the season especially with the setback that michael porter jr um had this week if you haven't heard his uh his back seems like it's going to be a bigger issue than expected and potentially leading to a uh, surgery but um but besides that it's yeah it's it's tough for a young player it's tough to see but um But when a player gets hurt, you want to see someone step up. And the Nuggets have enjoyed that. We we haven't been winning games like we want to, uh, but the performances have been there. And all it takes is uh, one of those three players to come back to kind of get back into our team groove. Yeah, that
0: is sad to see, but that's the risk y'all took when you took them with that that first-round pick with the back problems already. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's not – a total shocker, but it does really, it, it just hurts. Um, yeah. But is that good? Is that your piece with Bulls Nugs? Are you happy to move on to baseball?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to move on from that. <laughs> <Lots.
0: Okay. laughs> That's fair. Now yeah. you get your opportunity to rub salt into my wounds. Our topic right now is who has earned their pinstripes. Um, and when I say that, the team most notorious for pinstripes is the Yankees. Um, now, <laughs> debatable. Okay, you you can. I feel free to debate that. No, it's
1: um, okay. I'm just saying it is debatable. Some people might have debates out there.
0: That is true.
1: I don't but, have my own. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, but. Who do you think on the Yankees right now you can look at on our, on our roster and say, this guy earned their pinstripes? All right. I,
1: I've, uh, I've got a couple responses. Okay. I've got one response that I want to say to piss off Yankee fans. I've got mm-hmm. another response that Yankee fans would like and one that I think everybody would just be content with. Um, and surprisingly, the middle one, when everybody would be content with is saying none, uh, <laughs> my I think I think there's most okay. Yankee fans out there I, I think would uh, like be okay with that. I um, would be
0: I as the Yan- you know I'm a diehard Yankee fan, but as that, that if. Card Gardner is on the roster for next year. He has definitely earned his pinstripes. Other than that, I'm content with you saying none, but I have a couple arguments for guys on the roster. All right. Deserve and, their pinstripes.
1: And my my real take, rather than none, yeah, is Giancarlo Stanton.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and that is my take that I... <laughs> expected to piss off a hundred percent of Yankee fans.
0: Yes. What are you talking? <laughs> He's had two good years with us. This man, it, it, it's all about expectations. When you come in and you earn that amount of money, you're supposed to be MVP caliber. What he did this year is supposed to happen. I I'm, like pat on the back. I love it. I love to see it, but give me consistency. You can't be hit or miss every yeah. season. I
1: understand. I'm not here to make the listeners happy. I'm here to tell the truth.
0: All right. And Explain to me why to... he has earned his pinstripes.
1: All right. So you earn your money in pivotal games. That's mm-hmm. that's just what contracts are. Especially when you're the New York Yankees, you're signing players so that they can play in the World Series. And nothing short of that. Like you you don't want to even think about being like getting to the ALCS and then losing. That's just that's that's not the ultimate goal it's ultimately a disappointment if that's the only place you get to that's kind of uh the the mindset that we've been ingrained as red sock yankee fans is anything less than a world series is a failure and and so the contracts in new york and boston and other cities la uh, san francisco obviously is those contracts are being paid to players so that they can perform in big situations and i'm not just saying like you know regular season ninth inning um you know like if you get a hit here your team wins like like that's that's not the situation i'm talking about i'm talking about situations such as the wild card game and there was one player on the yankees who showed up to play in the wild card game and that was john carlo he would have hit three home runs in almost any other ballpark that wasn't fenway park um i think that is Earning in of, in and of itself, um, because he could it's have. One, it's won one a game, game,
0: though. It's one I, game.
1: I I know, but and we lost. Has, okay, okay, but who else has done anything for you? Okay, when
0: it mattered, Aaron Judge four years ago in that Twins game in the Wild Card game. If You're we're just the talking, t- Twins. If we're talking about one game, the Twins haven't man- lost a playoff, uh, haven't won a playoff game in like,
1: uh. I think 14 games or something. What is it? There's like a count going on. Like they haven't won a playoff game in like
0: All a right. long next time. season. <laughs> next season, wild card game playing <laughs> the place, playing, playing the A's. Yeah, Just goes off. <laughs> he went
1: off in, in Yankee I mean- stadium. Okay. The difference between those games is mm. you're playing the twins who, like I said, haven't won a playoff game in. I don't even know how long, um, the next year you're playing the A's at home. You're expected to play well in those games. When you have to play your arch nemesis, the arch rivals, the Boston Red Sox in Fenway Park, and you need to show up and be there, like that is, that's just a different level. Like, again, I'm not talking about just these, these games. Like, like playing the Twins and the A's, I think, 90% of MLB fans going into those games knew that the Yankees were going to win because when you're playing in Yankee stadium and you have that type of lineup, nobody can keep it up with you. I know the twins and the A's were killing it that year, but it's just none of those, neither of those teams were able to keep up with the Yankees and it was just an onslaught of home runs. But when you go into Fenway park and you're playing the Boston Red Sox and you're uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't mean to deviate the attention away from Giancarlo or judge, just subject to the conversation, but the fact of the matter is Garrett Cole was taken out early in the game in the second inning. And yeah, I'm definitely offense... not going to
0: make an argument for him <laughs> earning his pinch. Strike. No, he no, absolutely. Not. Yeah. Um,
1: your offense is expected to do something big because that's the only way the Yankees can win. They have to, put up big numbers they have to put up runs they have to hit home runs they can't just score a little bit of runs and like you know win the game two to nothing that's not happening and you need to hit bombs like you, singles doubles they don't really matter you need to hit bombs and Giancarlo Stanton was doing that like yeah I mean in the stat sheet he hit one home run but if you if you look at where uh, those hits would have been home runs he had three he had one in the first, he had one in the seventh. Uh, he, you know, uh, he, he could have carried team in any other ballpark. And yes, I, ultimately okay. they didn't go over the wall so they weren't home runs, but like he played his ass off and he was hitting the ball hard as heck.
0: Ultimately, he hasn't been there for us when we needed him to in 2018, 2019. He played good last season, 2020 in the postseason, and he carried it into this season. But you gotta give me another year than that. He's been the one of the come on. Come on. I knew you are you just bringing this up to, to screw with me. You're definitely <laughs> just fucking with me. <laughs> yeah. Bit. But yeah, did you like the argument? My... Did
1: you did you like the
0: No? I yeah. hated it. No.
1: no, no, you liked it. I know you no, liked
0: it. No, I did not. Just a little bit. All right. I now with that bogus claim. As a Yankees fan, I know who's earned their pinstripes and who hasn't. I can make that claim. I have all of the power to do so. Um, actually, I have no power when it comes to that, if you couldn't catch my sarcasm there. But um, when I'm looking at this team and I go down from person to person to person to person to person, these are all grown men. And I don't see anybody wearing the pinstripes Full on 100%. I'll give you the pinstripes, right? Now, because nobody's given has been given the captain band has been given like the captain name since Jeter's Jeter had left. Um, I think Judge has earned the right to be a captain. I, with his past couple postseason performances, I'm not going to give him his pinstripes yet. Rather, I'm going to give my the pinstripes to Chad Green. Now it's a pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but he puts up so many innings throughout the year. He, it might not be the prettiest thing. He pumps a 97 mile per hour fastball, usually right down the, right down the pipe. But and he throws a 12-6 curveball, and that's all he's got, or is it's like a really sharp slider? I don't know what it is, but it's nasty. The man has put up. Right around a three a three five and under ERA for the past like three years hasn't been injured. I mean he's been Aaron Aaron Boone's like go to plug guy coming in the seventh coming in the eighth. If Chapman's down and Britton's down, he steps in in that closer role sometimes. I mean that's that's where I'm going to make my argument. The man the man's been good for the last five years. I don't know what you have to say to that, but I'll also throw another name in there on the hitting side. Gio Urshela has been one of the greatest finds um, out of anybody in the league. Um, And for the price we got him for, absolute steal. I don't know if you can just give him pinstripes for that, but I would love to. I love Gio Urshela. I think everybody else does. He does whatever Boone asks him to or Cashman asks him to. He'll play short, he'll play third, and he'll play it well.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, love saying that Giancarlo is the only one who won his pinstripes, but I I was fucking with you. Um, I was just messing (laughs) with you. you. Thank you, (laughs) Brad. I, I, like I said, I had three options.
0: I. What's option number three? What's option number three? Option
1: number three is what I actually believe. And just hate to admit as a Red Sox fan, it's Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge or nobody. Okay. In my mind, like, I just, I, the player has been there the longest. Um, he had a, a long tenure as a minor league player. Uh, people kind of forget that he came up at 25 or 26 as a rookie. Um, and so I, I just, I, I feel like he kind of embodies what the Yankees are. I mean, you have like the judge's quarters. Is that what the, Judge's chamber in Jabber, right Jabber's
0: field. Cha- judge's chamber, yeah, 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 right field, yes. Yeah,
1: you got Judge's chamber. Like I, I think yes. When you face think face of the franchise, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I disagree with you on the captain standpoint. I don't think he is a team captain. And I don't really have much to support that. I, I don't like, I I think he's a good player and I think he's pretty outspoken. I think he talks to players well. talks to the media. Well, those are all things that you want as a captain, but he doesn't have the same presence that Jeter had. And I don't think you force a captain. Like if he becomes that type of player and if he becomes that type of spokesperson for the Yankees, um, then yeah, like further on in his career, give him the captain give him the C, but, uh, but I just don't think he's that player yet. And I don't think you really force him into it. I don't think wow. actually my apologies. I think he's the player. I don't think he is the, um, what am I trying to find? I don't think he is the voice of the Yankees. I think before mm. you're the captain, I think you need to be the voice. I think what you say is what the Yankees are and what the Yankees do and Jeter was that, it, like when Jeter spoke, people heard him. People listened all around the league. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think Judge isn't that player, but uh, you got to you got to start somewhere and you got to kind of find that voice before you represent a team to that level.
0: Um. Yeah, like I said before, I'm going to totally disagree with you there. This man came back from injury from 2020. A lot of doubters this year and he answered him. He batted almost 290. He carried us throughout the year. Um, like he played center field when we needed him to. So, I mean, it is supporting your argument that he does deserve his pinstripes. Um, but I would like for him to try to stay even more healthy. And apparently him and Stanton got into yoga this past off season, did more yoga instead of training. Now, you know, I've never been that strong, but I do, I try to be in the gym but I have done a lot more yoga now. And I got to say, it does pay off dividends to sit at my desk job. You know, I feel looser after the day than I did before when I do yoga now. And I know sitting at a desk all day is very strenuous, but sometimes I'm on my feet, uh, you know, I'm climbing stairs and stuff. Part of my job's right now, my job isn't that strenuous, but a lot of time it can be. So I think yoga is very helpful. I don't know why the hell I went on this yoga tear, but what I'm getting at is Aaron judge is a well-spoken he's a man. He's 29. It's, it's hard to come up in New York and he's heard the booze. He's heard everything. I think he deserves to be a captain for this team. I think everybody on the team respects him and likes him. It's just hard to have a captain on the team as an outfielder, which I I don't know if you want to make a comment on that, but I think it's very hard as an outfielder to lead versus like a shortstop like Jeter or a catcher, like the likes of Veritech. It's, it's very hard to lead as an outfielder.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, When you're in the outfield, you, you kind of feel separated from the defense a little bit, especially right field. Um, It's, it's definitely different. It's a different type of captain. Uh, There's, there's a, there's a different feel there when, when you have a captain in the outfield um, versus, like, when your shortstop's a captain, he can go over, calm down the pitcher, do what he needs to do. Catcher, same thing. Um, and even more so because the catcher does that anyways. Uh, but I, I think you just have a louder voice when you're in the infield. Like, the coach, like, your manager could talk to you. Like, they could <laughs> they could shout, like, hey, you know – do this or that. But like when you're in right field, like you just, you're kind of like sheltered off defensively. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little bit tough to have that same voice, uh, as a player
0: during, I agree with you there, but he is well-spoken in interviews and I think he leads by example. Um, he's never had off season, uh, I mean, off the field issues. Um, and I mean, he keeps a level head and he usually says the right thing. And I mean, there's no doubt about, he does, he's never dog. He's never been a player that you said, this guy dogs it. He's always laying out, out there, um, putting his body on the line. So I, I, yeah, I don't know if he was on a football team I and he looks like a football tight end. Like he's a player that you could follow into battle. Like in the older days, like you would follow this man into battle. So I think he's worthy of of the captain call but that's just my interpretation well i will we'll see what happens yep um but now let's get into our final topic of the day um we're carrying on with each divisions and each team's most important need um last week if you missed the pod we did the nl east this week we're going to switch it up And go over to the AL West. We started with the NL East because the Braves were in the World Series, of course. Now, who else? Who lost to them in the World Series, you may ask? The most hated team probably in the world and all of professional sports maybe right now, the Houston Astros. So their division, the AL West. um, And we'll start with the Astros. I mean, what is your biggest need for the Astros this offseason? Obviously, great team, and they came up just short. So, what do you think they need to improve on?
1: Uh, well, in case you haven't heard, wait, I, I don't want to butcher this if I'm wrong, because maybe it was just a rumor. I, I Verlander did sign, correct?
0: Verlander re signed with that. Okay, that is that's what correct. I thought.
1: I, I wasn't sure. I, I see so many rumors and like linked to, you know, such and such player out there. It's kind of tough to keep track of, but. Uh, Verlander coming back was huge. They needed a starting pitcher, as evident in every series uh, of the postseason this year. Uh, obviously, you know they had uh, Framber kind of struggling, and then pitching well, and then struggling, and then Luis Garcia was just absolutely nails after his first game against the Red Sox. Um, and uh, and so, but you can't you can't do you can't win a world series with two pitchers and ultimately that's what they had. And, uh, and Verlander was hurt. So you can't blame him for that, but they needed Verlander back because, because um, uh, now I, I think their rotation is like prime for the postseason. You've got one workhorse, like who's been there, done that plenty of times and and then you got two younger guys behind him and two guys that you could really hang your hat on and and say like all right I trust them to go out there for five or six and and not a lot of teams have three pitchers like that so so I'm I'm good with pitcher right now I a week ago I would have said starting pitcher I would have said Verlander was you know the biggest uh the most important free agent out there for them um but but now I kind of I don't know. I, there's, there's two ways I could go. I, uh, I was kind of thinking back and forth between reliever and catcher Martin Maldonado. uh, Okay. So, wow. Okay. I'll, I'll start
0: there. I, I I was going to go reliever. So let, okay. We agree that they definitely need a couple pieces in the bullpen, but that's easier to do than getting a catcher. And, I would love to for you to explain to me why you think Martin Maldonado is a problem for this Yeah, team.
1: absolutely. I, I don't think Maldonado is a problem. I, I know that Maldonado is one of the best defensive catchers and has kind of come into his own defensively uh, later on in his career. He wasn't always that type of player. Um, for a lot of his career, he was, he was kind of in the lineup offensively. Um, but... If for anybody who watched the Red Sox series, uh, y- you know Maldonado is treated like a pitcher in their lineup. And and that's not really something like the Astros were able to afford that because the rest of their lineup was so good and they were eight deep. But having that player in your lineup and him batting nine. And then eventually going into the World Series, where you then also had to have a pitcher batting, it, it just it definitely hurt the Astros a lot. And other other teams pitched to that. Like it was it was clearly a strategy going into the game. You you got to the six, seven batter and then you're like, OK, we got Maldonado around the corner. It felt like a pitcher in their lineup. And I'm not saying Maldonado needs to be removed or anything like that. And obviously they have Jason Castro, who's proved uh, slightly better offensively, but they didn't want to risk playing him due to his uh, defensive ability and, and the, the ability that Maldonado has behind the plate. They wanted to keep that. But, uh, but I don't know. I, I just, honestly, I feel like the Astros are such a complete team minus the catcher and I, I fully expect Correa to to resign in Houston. I, I don't know why I get that feeling. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. I think most people expect uh, a smaller market team to get him. He kind of wants to get away from uh, the spotlight a little bit, it seems. Uh, so it, it's easy to say that like you either want Correa or another shortstop back, but um, in my mind, assuming that The shortstop position isn't available. I I want to see them go after a catcher. And whether it be free agent or trade, I I think it could really help their offense a lot. And yeah. And going back to their relief pitching, the reason why I pick catcher as more of a priority than relief pitching, they they have some incredible relievers. And it's I I didn't realize it until watching the series. Okay. But they have some very versatile relievers, including uh, especially Ryan Presley, who came in and was just absolutely locked down. Um, Jake Oderizzi, who could eat up So I know that at times he's worked as a starter, but it kind of seems that with the way that the MOB is moving, Odorizzi can be that three-inning guy in the middle of the game if your starter leaves early. Uh, Ryan Stanek was incredible in the postseason. Uh, they just – they kind of – they, they have players who they're not really necessarily paying a whole lot. Uh, Ryan Presley is making money, I believe. But, um, but other than that, they're not really uh, yeah. piling their money into their relievers. But yeah, they're kind of they have doing it in something the reminiscent of what the Rays are doing. And I'm, I'm kind of with it because mm. the Red Sox were killed by it. it they, whatever they are doing in their bullpen, the Red Sox could not hit in, uh, in the last three games of the series.
0: Yeah, but again, everybody needs bullpen, and you gotta you gotta recycle every year. You gotta add a new piece or two because yeah. guys just get stagnant, and it's with relievers. It seems like a lot more flashes in the pan than things that stick. Um, and they got Kendall Graveman from the Mariners, um, and right. they just he just signed with the White Sox though for a three year deal, so he's gone. Um, but getting. You said getting Verlander, getting Verlander back was huge. Now the Yankees offered him apparently a one-year 25 million deer, and he stayed with the Astros for two years, 50 million. Do the math. Obviously, it makes sense to stay and get another year. The Yankees, it's another sign of another bad offseason and them just being scared to spend money. Um, but maybe they go all they go all out again. But I think getting a few players at a decent price versus going and getting like another $40 million contract, like Garrett Cole, I think, I think we need more depth at this point. So I, I don't know if the, I don't think the answer is spending. I never mind. I'm going to stop talking about the Yankees. It's, it's hard for me to not go off on them, but that's it that for the Astros, I agree with you. Catcher is a, is a need, but it's a need around the whole league and there's not a lot of depth. So there is a no- lot there. There's got to be some prospects out there that oh might... we we've got some prospects. <laughs> I know, I know there are prospects, and I know you know them all. But until they get to the league, they're not they're not anything to me. They don't mean anything to me. Uh, they got to prove it okay. in the league. There's a lot of, like I said, just said before, there's a lot of flashes in the pan in the bullpen, but there's a lot of flashes in the pan when it comes to prospects. Nothing, baseball might be the craziest sport when it comes to the draft where players just don't pan out. Um, But let's move on to the second best team in the division, which you could argue if it was Oakland or Seattle um, this year, Seattle had a surprise year, but we'll save Seattle because they're a little bit more fun to talk about and a little bit more open, but Oakland um, Oakland was supposed to win this division coming into the season Um, They have a really good team when you look at them, had a little bit too many injuries, but it is also Oakland. Um, And, you know, it always comes back to money ball. They never really have enough money to spend like the Rays. Um, But I think, and that stops them from going over the top, but there is a huge shortstop market. So if the owner of the team wins the lottery, I think you got to, that's a big if but play the right numbers, go try to win the lottery and get a shortstop, one of these shortstops. You let Marcus Simeon walk, and it showed Elvis Andrus is not the answer. He can't field well. He can't hit well. I don't know what he can do well. He's a very, very below-average shortstop. So, yeah, that's my answer.
1: The the funny thing is, actually, is uh... – Their original answer to losing Simeon was Andrelton Simmons. Do you remember that?
0: I don't remember that.
1: Wasn't it? Wasn't it Andrelton who was with the A's like at the beginning of the season?
0: Let's look this up. I, yeah, I'm I,
1: looking it up right now because I'm almost positive he started off.
0: Uh, I don't think so. I think he just played with I the lied. Twins all year. He yeah, just played okay. with the Twins. Their answer um, was Elvis, Elvis Andrews. And he okay. is not, not I got the like twins, the Elvis. He is nothing close to on um, that he's, echelon. He's
1: not. He used to be kind of nice, but he's, he's not Simeon. Since he booted
0: those couple balls against the Jays in that, in that, um, ALDS, I think it was back in like 2018. He that he just hasn't been the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so uh was that your take?
0: That was my take.
1: Okay, short sure, Stop. Um I wanna I wanna go outfield for the A's. Okay. I, I think that their infield is good. I, I I don't know. I have trouble with their infield because, like you said, the A's look good on paper and they're a good team. But they, they, uh, and I, I don't mean to put this man on fire here because I, I love him with my whole heart. But they need Matt Chapman to, to do a little bit more offensively. Um, unfortunately, he's kind of had a rough couple years at the plate. Uh, he can't really seem to get into the groove that he was in. Uh, but um obviously I mean he's still playing incredibly defensively uh he's still hitting home runs but uh but I think they just it, I they're they're a good match at year you're away from being a upper echelon uh infield
0: okay um
1: and I, I, I don't think that the money needs to be spent on shortstop I, I'd rather see it spent on an outfielder
0: okay uh, that's person. a fair take um at first, I thought you had said Matt Olson and oh, my no, Matt eyes Olson's just
1: incredible lit
0: up. So I'm glad I, did, I held my tongue there because Chapman, yes, he has been on the edge of becoming a star in this league and he's just not taken that leap when it comes to the plate and that that has let them down because other than Matt Olson, there's not a guy in that lineup that I say. I really, really fear this guy coming to the plate. So that's a great take. Um, I uh, Outfield, other than Loriano and center, I don't – and Canna maybe. I, I, I don't know anybody else in that outfield. So, that's Is Laureano's
1: suspension, uh, does it continue into next year, or is he served it?
0: I think it might. I think it might. And they got Starling Marte, which mm-hmm. was a great find at the free – at the uh, trade deadline but yeah i was, think he's a free agent now so he's he pro- he, there's no way he's coming back so yeah outfield so outfield is a need for them yeah um but now let's move to the team that i just mentioned a little bit the mariners they're out in seattle great fan base terrible weather um what's your biggest need for seattle
1: Um, so Seattle, Seattle's that team that they're, they're sneaky and they're young. So you, you have guys coming up who are just putting up monster numbers. Ty France had, uh, one of the best years of AL infielders, uh, overall. Um, I I think you kind of continue to see what you got in your, your young offensive players, because, offensively they are great like you you got Mitch Haniger, who is always trustworthy player offensively always hitting the ball well always hitting home runs um Jared Kellenick coming up a young prospect kind of struggled last year but showed signs of um stardom you got Julio Rodriguez coming up uh Kyle Lewis uh you you just got a couple young players uh that you can kind of test out see how they're playing um, so I, I don't really want to see them go after an offensive player. I think they need to bolster their, uh, starting rotation. Uh, they had, they had a couple guys last year, um, pitch well towards the end, but I, I think that you kind of just, you, you need to bolster it somehow, get someone in there who has a little bit more experience. Um, cause, cause down the stretch, they, they really didn't have that. They, they had a deep bullpen last year. Um, they, they made a lot of moves for relievers at the trade deadline. Um, they, they even traded <laughs> their best reliever. But um, uh, with that being said, um, they, they also got two or three relievers back. And uh, Matt Andrees ended up having a good year. Um, why am I blanking on their closer's name that they ended up getting back? Um, can you help me out here?
0: Uh, they lost Kendall Graveman. <laughs> Correct and they gained andreese
1: and oh they they went after they got ken giles right didn't ken, they get him from houston
0: yeah might be right about that i okay could,
1: yeah. i think it was like a it was a weird trade it was like um so i i heard a story about this actually so uh, houston was in town playing in seattle and Graveman was traded in the middle of the series. So, so he, he moved all of like 20 feet in the middle of like a, a series. And I think he ended up actually pitching against the Mariners in the same series that he was traded.
0: So I, I don't know.
1: It's just interesting stuff.
0: Right now. I have drew Steckenrider as their closer. That's okay. what I have found. Okay. Um, and I do not know if Andres is still on the team but on their depth chart not shown in relievers. So I know
1: yeah no he's he's off contract now. Um he was he was signed uh by the Red Sox for a year and he was actually released in the middle of the season ended up pitching for the Mariners and kind of uh thrived there. I I think uh with a little bit less pressure um anybody can can kind of get back into their groove and uh and he definitely did with seattle so uh it'd be nice to see him go back there i think it was a good spot for him um but uh but yeah i i think ultimately they need a starter um okay yeah uh, they their lineup is young and powerful and uh exuberant um so i i don't think you really need to play around with that too much because as as you start signing offensive players, it just takes time away from the younger guys and you kind of want to see what they got. They played great down the stretch last year. And, um, and I don't know if they could do it again for a whole year, then you're talking about a team that's in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I, I could, I think you make a better argument than what I'm about to go with right now. Cause you did bring up Kyle Lewis and I like him as a prospect um, but I am gonna go outfield with this team. Um, they they have some young pitchers um and yeah, I Justice Sheffield, they got from the Yankees, they got him, they got Chris Flexen. That's a great name. Usai Kikuchi, I mean the you say
1: Kikuchi was an all-Star this year actually.
0: Yeah, I mean 24
1: they, year old all-star.
0: They have, they have some pitching. I think, um, wait, Kikuchi might be older
1: than that, but he's, he's definitely young as far as his experience in the league.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, they have a little bit of pitching, and but war-wise, like, just their stats, their outfield overall, they placed second to worst in the AL um, right in front of their other mates in the AL West, the Angels, um, but we all know that's because Trout obviously was injured and they have nobody else out there in the outfield, but that's beside the point. We're talking about the manners right now, but they finished second to worst. So I'm going to go with the outfield. I don't, you, you get a veteran in there other than Mitch Haniger, to say, you know, maybe you bring in a guy. Yeah. I think the Phillies might've cut Andrew McCutcheon. I could be wrong about that, but I think that could be a great fit. Um, even a guy like Starling Marte who, you know, took roids, but i I'm, he seems like a great teammate um, from what I've heard from people. So I think you bring in a guy like that to just mentor the, the other guys coming up. Um, and I think that even might help them grow even more.
1: Yeah. I, I like it.
0: Okay. Um, so
1: I actually, I, hold on. I, I say that I like it. I, I don't mind it. I, I think it helps him grow. Um, but I did have a question for you. What do you, what do you have against J-Rod? J-Rod? Yep. Who, who Julio is, Rodriguez.
0: What do you, you mean, what do I have against Julio Rodriguez?
1: Well, he's the odd man out if you're saying that they need an outfielder.
0: Yeah.
1: 21-year-old beast. Kills yeah. the ball. I don't know, just saying. Might be getting a call
0: soon. From Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez, if you're listening to this, I... No, I said he might
1: be getting a call soon, up to the bigs.
0: Oh, up to the bigs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, when he gets the bigs, he can give me a call too. And I... I you love prospects way too much. They, I, I, do. I, I The Mace batted been, 362
1: uh, in double A last year. Um,
0: double a, not even triple A. Let's uh, hold our horses Gabby, here.
1: You got to know that not every player plays in triple A before they're called I up.
0: know that. It's, it's much more A's normal good in good today's MOB. A is pretty good ball, and that's very impressive. And I'm sure he's going to be great. But when you start seeing a major league curveball, those needs start to buckle a little bit. And, uh, and you're done, you know, it's a very mental game. So I will see if his mental fortitude can, can hang it in the, in the majors. 162 games is a lot longer. It's a lot more grueling than a minor league schedule. So, um, I wish the best for him, but that that's all the more reason for them to bring in a veteran to coach guys like Julio Rodriguez and Kyle, Kyle Lewis. I'm, I'm kind of with that.
1: I I, I wasn't okay. ridiculing you for forgetting about J-Rod, but I, you know, they, yeah, they, I do agree with you. Outfield. You don't, you don't, wanna, you don't want to,
0: you don't want to hold those guys back at all though. Like you, you got to play them and just have the veteran as your fourth outfielder to be there for them for practices and the dugout um, just to comfort them when they're down, take reps when they're when they're slumping and then coach them through it. Um, so, cause they definitely relate more as a, as a fellow player than the coaches can to them. Um, but let's, let's move on to the forgotten team that I haven't mentioned yet. We got two teams left in the division. We got the Rangers and the angels. The Rangers oh, were terrible. Joy. Let's talk about the Rangers real quick. You could go everything. You could say everything. They need everything. They really do. I'm just going to go easily here and say starting pitching because with they let Kyle Gibson walk. I mean, go go over the Giants. They traded him. They got nothing. I I, I could be taking shots at here at some people, but second worst starting pitching um, war by average second worst. Um relief pitching by average in the, in the AL, um, w- above wins above average. Um, they need some pitching. They need an arm or two. I don't know if they have prospects. I don't know. Get somebody in there. Anybody like I, you could, I, I, I don't know, get, get Nolan Ryan back. He'd probably be better as a, as an 80, 90 year old than, than the likes of pitching they got right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy one. Um, pitcher, uh, you got Jose LeClerc, pretty good pitcher. I think that's kind of – like, I don't – he's not great. <laughs> he's not – like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Spencer Howard, I think he had a pretty good year. Um, no, he was pretty awful. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's pretty easy. It's like, (laughs) you got to have a picture. Um, and actually I, um, I don't hate everything about the Rangers. I, I think that they have a long ways to go. Um, but they've got some pretty good players who played well this year. I mean, you got Nate Lau, uh, Nick Solak who had a great year. Um, I I love this man, Isaiah Kiner falefa Um, as like I like to call him, I I call him Kiner Falafel, but um I don't know. That dude just does everything. He's a catcher, he's a shortstop, he's a center fielder, like you know, put him anywhere. Uh you can never have too many utility players on your team. Obviously, Dolas Garcia had a good year. Um, I I'd like to see repeats out of those guys. Um, who knows? Um I I fully expect that Nick Solak is going to be a great player. I think Nate Lau is going to be a great player for a a long time to come. Both of them have shown a lot of promise, Um, but yeah, their, their offense has intriguing parts. And, and if you're, if you're not intriguing, then you're not the Rangers because the Rangers have always had an intriguing offense that can either be incredible or terrible. I I do
0: agree with you. The emergence of Adoles Garcia in that outfield too. I mean, they got some guys that are fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I'm not totally off on the Rangers as, as I am on some other teams in the league, but, um, they definitely, they don't excite me about going for the play even coming close to the playoffs. Oh, no, for this year. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. I'm glad we're on the same page about that. Yeah. But a team I am excited for. So what are you going with as, as the, your whole, I, I, I don't think I caught that. Oh, What's I said, I lead? said pitcher. Cause I was, okay. I was right. laughing and saying that
1: like, you can't not go with pitcher. Yeah. There's just nobody.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Um, So a team that I think could make a big move and they've always been on the cusp and trout just can never stay healthy, but I, the angels are doing some things right this off season. And if they can have their big pieces, stay healthy. I think this is a team that if Correa is gone from the Astros, um, Oakland doesn't make a move probably because they don't, they never make a move. Um, And they might take a little step back. Seattle could have been just a flash of a pan. I think the Angels could surprise people and win this division. Um, But the thing that they need, if they're going to continue to spend money, uh, they need a shortstop. Uh, There's a lot of teams that need shortstop and catcher in this league because those are the positions that lead your team. They're the leaders of your team. Um, But they had Jose Iglesias playing short this year. Um, who, and he took most of their plate appearances there, but he he carried them to the worst war above average at the position in the AL. Um, and then he went to the Red Sox for that playoff run. So they got Luis Rangifo and David Fletcher, maybe Fletcher plays a lot of third base for them. And he's a, he's a decent player. I mean, a lot of second base for them, but he really... Shouldn't be playing a lot of short. so I they need some shortstop help. And who better to to go and get than maybe not the Correa or you know, or Seager, but maybe go get a guy like Simeon, um, who's going to be a little bit cheaper because he's a little bit older but had a great year. I I think you got to take a chance on a shortstop. Um, but they did, I choose. I do just want to say one thing. Um, The Angels have went out. They've signed the reliever Aaron loop from the Mets. They got Tyler Wade from the angels. I don't think Tyler Wade is the answer for them at short. He's a great utility man. Um, But another thing, the Yankees just, I think screwed up again because Tyler Wade seed, he brought speed he brought energy he brought good fielding to our team now he can't hit for power at all but the angels have signed Syndergaard loop um i'm forgetting somebody right uh, uh just tyler wade um but they i think one more big move out of them and this this team's right in it
1: yeah so i uh <laughs> I've been holding my tongue because I wanted you to have the moment, but I fullheartedly agree with you. Um, I actually had this conversation uh, with my brother about a week ago, and I cannot see a better fit for any given free agent player on any single team in the MLB. The only thing that makes sense in my mind about this free agency and the teams that are going after those free agents is Corey Seeger to the Angels. And I'll, I'll explain it. So Corey Seager obviously plays in L.A. He would be moving about 20 minutes to Anaheim. Um, so that's, that's great. He doesn't have to sell his home. He doesn't have to buy a new home. Um, I know that a lot of people are kind of seeing him go to New York. Um, but I, I don't think that there is a better fit than the Angels. The Angels are a team that hasn't been to the playoffs much. They have made one playoff series uh, since Trout has been a player with the Angels. Um, and that was in 2014. I think I, I could be wrong about the year, but it was, it was around then. Um, and I, I honestly, I like the Angels outfield. I think they have one spot to fill. It doesn't need to be anybody incredible, um, but you got Trout in center. You got Adele playing left or right. And then when you're looking at this infield, I mean, there's there's only great things like it, you got Jared Walsh and you got David Fletcher, who uh, has been smoking the ball and you got Rendon. Like that's that's the guy that you got to trust that third. He's yeah. a guy with a lot of upside. He has shown what he can do in the playoffs um, and a guy I, you I, paid I still, a lot
0: of money too. you. Got- oh, yeah. You got to trust him.
1: Yeah, you, you got to trust him. You don't really have a choice, but he's also, I mean, he is a guy who's played well in the playoffs. And if you're, if you're trying to build a team that is playoff ready, um, given that you, you have Shohei and Trout and you haven't really been able to see them in the playoffs. And yeah, I'm glad uh, you mentioned to...
0: Shohei. Cause when you talk <laughs> angels, you gotta mention Shohei. And I don't think <laughs> we have to this point.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, but so I, around those guys who haven't been to the playoffs you you can't really and like you expect them to be incredible and because you know they're going to be incredible they're the two best players in the MLB um and I I think this year left a little doubt to that but you and I say this timidly because I I don't expect them to be bad in the playoffs but when you're signing players as the Angels. Uh, you you have a team that's ready for the playoffs if everyone is healthy your team is there and so you need to sign players who had proven themselves in the playoffs and that's why I think Rendon is still a good signing even though it doesn't look great to this moment Um, again the Angels are a team that could be uh, in the standing like when when you talk about teams that sign players because of what they do in the playoffs that that can be the Angels in the next couple years and so Rendon can earn his money in the playoffs. All it takes is one big run and, and that's where you earn your money. And so that's what he's being paid to do. And, and ultimately you have to get there, but back to Corey Seager, that man, a 25 year old who already has more playoff experience than some players have in their entire career let alone more home runs in the playoffs than some players get in their entire career. This man rakes in the playoffs. Like you, you don't really see many players better than him at his age and just kind of coming up and doing his thing and doing it, no matter the situation, no matter the pitcher facing him and you're doing it in LA, you're doing it with the scrutiny. You're doing it with the, the big spotlight. And, and of course you got other players on your team that you can lean on, but, but Corey. Seems Seager has never really showed, uh, that he wants to lean on those players. Like he kinda, he just, he takes it in stride and, and he's kinda, um, he, he acts the role of, of best player in a lot of these playoff series. And, and without Seager, I just don't think the Dodgers would have had as much success in the past couple of years as they have had. And, and I know that, uh, he's had some injury woes and, and he's, uh, he's kind of been through the ringer a little bit, but when he's healthy, he is, he is raking and he is producing and, and producing in big moments. And that's a type of player that you want to pay. Um, and, uh, and I think he's just the right mindset for the angels It adds a lefty bat, uh, when you have Shohei, Jared Walsh and, and Correa, uh, Correa, I'm sorry, uh, Seager in the same lineup, uh, no righty's going to want to face you. And, and then you got, trout and david fletcher and anthony rendon i just i think like the universe is your option like you just you really you can't go wrong with a lineup like that and so i'll agree with you on shortstop but more specifically seager's your guy
0: and he's your only option you have to get seager um i agree i agree with you um i think yeah, Seager is a great fit for every team, though. That man is incredible. Um, he
1: is such a hard worker, and he loves baseball. He is a baseball player.
0: Yeah, and and from what I'm hearing now, the the Yanks are not really that in on Seager. It's um, a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. <laughs> you got a short porch in the left, um, but who knows? Seager probably doesn't. Want to leave um, the Dodgers and the Dodgers have money. They they could always spend money too. They're they're another huge market, but so are the Angels, another team. Um, the bait they're they're usually they're called like the baby LA team, I guess, because they're in Anaheim, but they still have a lot of money to play with. Um, oh yeah, and I'm I sure mean- he he wouldn't mind going there. It's not a big move for him. And yeah, you make a phenomenal point. And yeah, if the Dodgers don't give him the respect that he thinks he's due with this contract, which he is due a huge contract, at least 30 mil a year, um, then yeah, go elsewhere.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean, if, if you're the angels, you're in a good spot right now. Um, Your, your team, you, currently have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, what player doesn't want to play next to those two guys. I mean, at the end of the next 10 years, uh, I, I don't even think this is that bold of a prediction to make, but like, those are two players that you could see on like uh, this, uh, um, excuse me, like the recent Mountain Rushmore of baseball. I mean, they are two players who have been the face of, uh, well, <laughs> the face of baseball is a different longer discussion but as as a baseball fan when you hear the name mike trout you think okay he's the best player in the league like you don't want to face him you want him on your team um that's that's what comes to mind when you think of mike trout and then you think of shohei otani and you think of the things that he has done and things that he's done that haven't been precedented um i just think those two guys are uh extraordinary baseball players obviously um but also revolutionary in the way that they play the game um Mike Trout arguably is one of the first five tool players uh and most recent since um you got I mean Mickey Mantle and Ken Griffey Jr but other than that there's nobody else who's done what Mike Trout has done and and there's absolutely zero people who have done what Shohei has done and so I I think as a baseball player you want to play with those guys um I don't know how long the contracts they'll be able to sign with, with what they have on the books. But like you said, the angels are a big market team and they can go out there and uh, sign big contracts. And so if it comes down to it, I don't think they're going to be afraid to pay Seager his quote and what he's asking for and, and try to outpay their, their hometown rivals and the Dodgers. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, they, they, they have all the pull that they could possibly ask for. And uh and I, I don't think there's any player who wouldn't want to go and play in Anaheim and try yeah. to try to bring I, back a chip.
0: I agree with you. And they're definitely the team that has started this free agency and said, we're going for it. Um, they've made a plethora of moves already and I don't think they're slowing down. So hats off to their GM and hats off to that organization because they got a good foundation. And I mean, we'll see what happens for the year, but I would... Early on, I mean, this is way early, and I'm sure we'll do predictions closer to the season, but this Angels team right now with question marks throughout the division, I mean, you still probably got to have to take the Astros, but I want to take the Angels. Nobody wants to root for the Astros.
1: I, I want to take the Angels too. I mean, they they weren't a bad team this year. And, like, if you really break down their offense, I mean, like you, you have Jared Walsh as – like an incredible breakout player like I mean this dude was killing it all year long ended up with 29 home runs 98 ribbies um 277 batting average Uh, and uh David Fletcher out there putting up uh high batting average numbers obviously not many home runs but uh but you're not really you're you can't really ask for that from a second baseman unless if you have Marcus Simeon on your team and he happens to be playing second base but um but yeah the rest of the team i mean you can really hang your hat on a lot of these offensive players and and i think the offense is there uh i i think i do think that they need a shortstop uh, to kind of bolster that offense but with Mike Trout coming back next year um i i really think that they are a high power offense that off, uh, uh, opposing teams can do very little against and you just you don't want to see Otani and Trout hitting back to back that's just right that's not a site that's it's fun. just a
0: question <laughs> if they're going to stay healthy or not right um but that that was a great conversation I really enjoy talking about the AOS there's a lot of excitement in that so, yeah. if you want to tune in, tune in next week, and we're going to talk about we're going to move over to the NL West um, for next week. Um, does that sound okay with you, Bill?
1: Uh, that sounds okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, not as exciting. The first team that comes to mind is the Diamondbacks in that division, and that oh. doesn't bring a lot of. Katal Marte is amazing, oh. but that's for next week. Um, Thank you for tuning in. Check us out at our Instagram at Yank Your Socks Off. Feel free to reach out to us. Um, anything else you'd want to add, Beal?
1: Um, I I think I am good. Uh, yeah. Be ready for the N. O. West. Um, oh man, the N. O. West. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. That's that's it. Um, but it.
1: I don't it love is, the Nos. If you not? couldn't tell, I, I have my reasons.
0: Hmm. I mean, <laughs> I know we're being very sarcastic here because we've only talked about the Diamondbacks in that division and there's some other really good teams in that division, but we'll get to that next week. Thank you for tuning in. Y'all love y'all. Um, this is the very start of this podcast. So if you're here now, um, it's going to be bumpy ride, but if you can hang in there with us, we really appreciate it and we love you guys.
1: Thank you for coming. Right. And have a wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, <laughs> night, and day. Well said. Well said, Bill. Bye, y'all. See you. Ya.